Welcome to Thriving the Future podcast, where we're finding positive solutions to thrive in the tough times ahead. Welcome back to Thriving the Future. This week, we're going to be talking about how to use social media without social media using you. And Perpin, you have a you have a quote that you'd like to read to kick us off. Go ahead. The perfect church service would be one where we are almost unaware of. Our attention would have been on God, but every novelty prevents us. It fixes our attention on the service itself, and thinking about worship is a different thing than worshiping. Tis mad idolatry that makes a service greater than the God. Now, wait a minute here. So we started talking about social media, but now we're talking about church and worship. Yeah. Where's the well, where's the tie-in? You were the idol in the temple of Twitter. <laughs> okay. Good that works because attention is worship. Mm-hmm. All social media, Twitter in particular, Facebook, Instagram, but all of them. Sure are about directing attention. They are all about eyes on. How many eyes were on this that we can sell to an advertiser? Right. Whose eyes are on what, so what ad can we sell them? Mm -hmm. Let's direct people's attention. Let's push it this way so that they vote this way. Let's push it that way so that they vote that way. Let's control the narrative on this thing. Let's distract them with this other thing. That is all about attention. Mm -hmm. Attention is worship. And you could tell that based on uh, the way things are trending. Um, it doesn't take very long. You can actually track back where you can see the bots that are supposedly people, but they all have the exact same message all at the same time within a few win- minutes of each other. Right. Controlling the narrative, driving up that trend, and then people say, oh, whoa, you know, Ukraine is trending. So worship is attention. That's the first thing that that quote kind of teaches us, right? Mm-hmm. The second thing that it proves that quote points out is that when your attention is on anything but the right thing, Mm. you're into idolatry. You're worshiping something other than you intended. Okay. And all of those things to get the eyeballs give you an adrenaline hit or and a dopamine hit right. and that constant feedback like a roulette game, right? Did this tweet go over? Did I trend on Facebook? Did my did people love my Instagram? Who loved my Instagram? Are they important? Did I get followers? How many followers did I have? How many? It's all focusing your attention on you Mm -hmm. while focusing everybody's attention on ads. Right. And it uses everybody that can get attention to feed that loop, right? Whatever's getting the most attention is the one that gets the highest rank. The highest rank gets the most ads sold, gives them the most dollars. Right. Or keeping you in the app so that the app can track you and, and correlate to what you're doing, which is also selling you as the product to right. advertisers, right? So, but the problem here is our attention, right? And so we have to control our attention and not let our attention be controlled if we're going to use it as a tool mm. instead of it using us. That's the number one rule, right? Because that's what it is about. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you have to be to do is not want to be the god in the temple. <laughs> but if you even want that a little bit. The more you want that, the more of this war you have for where your attention is going because social media is designed to make you focus in on you. Right. That's a whole narcissistic passion, right? It's why everybody's depressed. 
mm-hmm. and lonely and social distancing before social distancing was a thing because it's all about me and that divorces you from anything being bigger or greater than you. Oh, wow. While inflating your ego uh-huh. and your pride. Uh-huh. Pride goes before a fall. So having it focus on you takes your attention off of the higher power God and, and, and the higher purpose, right? It also takes and steals not only your attention, but it also steals your intention both in time because you wasted a bunch of time on social media, but also your focus, your, um, you could go and say, okay, I'm going to post something. I'm going to make a quick post on Thrive in the Future Twitter page. I'm going to make a quick post, get off of it, right? And then I have a whole plan for my morning. And then my morning, 20, 30 minutes later, I'm still looking at whatever somebody liked or didn't like or shared or whatever else. And I might forget my intention, what I was planning to do the rest of the morning. And it robbed my attention and intention because I don't have any, uh, you know, I lost that time. That's just how it did it right there in that moment. Yeah. Here's another way. You're very, very mad about something that happened, right? Uh-huh. You make a post on it. Sure. And you get all these, start getting these notifications. So-and-so uh-huh. liked it. So-and-so retweeted it. I'm up to 20 retweets. I've got three new followers. I have, right? And the bigger right. you are, the bigger those numbers are, right? right? Mm-hmm. Each one time your phone does that, you're getting a dopamine hit and you're checking over and over and over. And you think you accomplished something. Right. So you stop doing the next step. Mm-hmm. A tornado comes through your town, takes out a few houses, and you go, you know what? I should have extra water on hand. I should have some extra food. I should have an extra set of clothes, and maybe I should have those things in the car. So if something happened to my house, I'm not starting from complete scratch, right? Right, right. If I'm asleep and a tornado hits the house, or I'm out and a tornado hits the house... Do I have a credit card so I can build up? Or am I going to have to go talk to the bank and get a new card and all that mess, right? But you can't take any of those steps for common standard precautionary preparedness, right? Mm-hmm. Because you went and made a tweet about this is what I'm going to do. And a bunch of people liked it or your friends reinforced it. They told you you should do it. And your motivation is now gone to carry it through because I did something. And your brain shuts off because it got the dopamine run. I set the goal. I hit the dopamine. I accomplished the goal. That's what your brain does. And physiologically, it steals your motivation. Mm -hmm. And then people post on, they think I did something when really all they did was they posted. Like, you know, it's almost like they post on the homeless guy. Right. Or they post on um, some moral thing. Right. Some kid that took $50 he found on the street into the sheriff's office and found who it belonged to, right? No, something that but, you but, are actually could great. participate in. But even when you're doing it with a good thing, right? Right. But say you... Say you it becomes about you yeah, instead of the kid. True. Yeah. But, yeah, my point is is that, you know, so you could have actually done something... For the like, homeless person, yes. Yeah, you could have gone down to the soup kitchen and everything else, but instead you post something about the thing going on down at the soup kitchen and then you don't go because you got the dopamine hit that solved or made you feel like you did something. Yeah. 
Right. Your your attention tra- transferred from we should all be volunteering at the soup kitchen to I volunteered at the soup kitchen because I made this post. That's what happens subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Your attention goes from this to that. It's just like in this quote where the perfect service we're almost unaware of because right. our attention is on God. Our mm-hmm. attention is on God, so we're not totally aware of what's happening around us. That's sure. the goal, right? But the little kid over there wiggles and someone coughs over here and my attention is there and here and there and this, that, and the other. And, oh, isn't that little kid, in the, you know, going through with his choir or whatever, cute, or the little nativity scene play mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. All those things distract from what we meant to focus on. And social media is throwing them at you millions of times a second, right? Mm-hmm. So... You have to control that attention. If you can't control that attention, you should not be on Twitter. Hmm. To control that attention, you have to know what it is you want. You have to stay focused on it. From that session? No, from life. Oh, right? Yeah. If we go to the homeless person thing, if you want to do something about homelessness, it's okay to post on Twitter, but if that's going to steal you, your your attention, your focus, and make you feel like you did something, mm-hmm. then you shouldn't post anything to Twitter about it. Hmm. Right? Because Twitter is then going to steal your motivation. Right. And then it's going to steal your time by distracting you from getting back to it. Mm-hmm. If that is going to be your priority or the thing that you are going to do, and you're focused on that, Posting it on Twitter doesn't cause the dopamine hit. It, it isn't the reward because my reward is being there at the soup kitchen, mm-hmm. not changing the world. It's not about what whatever it is you want your life to be about. Mm-hmm. If you want your life to be about raising and breeding chickens, right? Right. And posting cute pictures of the chicks or whatever that you got is going to overrule that priority in your life, mm-hmm. then you better not be putting it on Twitter. Sure. Good point. Because Twitter's going to steal it. <laughs> no. It's going to steal you. Right. Focus you in on you. Uh-huh. The pride, the dopamine. And that's that. where the idol is. And so you it's... fall because you don't carry through. Right. And the idol, like you were saying before this episode, the idol is almost like the magic mirror. And mm-hmm. you are seeing yourself in the magic mirror and worshiping... Mm, not seeing yourself. Not yourself? You're seeing an illusion of yourself. Oh, yes. Okay. A mirror, a mirror reverses right. your left and your right. Yeah, a sure. mirror plays all kinds of games. Mm-hmm. And, you don't, and in, the, in the magic mirror, you don't really see yourself. Okay. You see the you you want to be. Ah. The you you are is the fat slob who won't get off the couch and go to the soup kitchen. Right. You don't see that in the mirror. You see, I went to the soup kitchen and I did this good thing. Or because I did this, somebody else went to the soup kitchen. Or a hundred people tweeted this, so everybody now knows about the soup kitchen doing this great thing. Mm -hmm. I accomplished everything I need to accomplish. I'm a good person. I'm an activist. (laughs) Yay. Oh, sorry. It's actually kind of good that the activist posts to Twitter and then doesn't do anything. Right. But they continue on, though, because yeah, they have know, their priorities straight. That activism... I'm talking about the activism that oh, is not right. helpful. <laughs> right? But those dedicated activists, mm-hmm. that Twitter thing 
is not overriding their priority. It's not overriding their motivation and intention. They are still out on the streets yelling and screaming at people. Sure. Because they have their focus right. Mm -hmm. They don't have their... In my opinion, their focus could be better. (laughs) But they have control over their focus and attention. Right. The biggest problem with most people is they don't. Mm -hmm. And it robs their attention and their intention. So how do we start reining this in? How do you control... Twitter stealing your attention. How do I control it? Yeah. Well, one, it's both Twitter and Facebook, right? So it's all social media. One is Facebook. I basically delete it and only check it like once a month. I load it, I check it, I delete it. I have notifications turned off so I don't get any like notifications, pings, or Mm -hmm. emails or whatever else, right? Um, Twitter, not so much, but I have notifications turned off so it's not it's not pinging me periodically going on a fast from it right i'm right going to get off of it and then you start becoming aware of how much you want to go click on it right and how much you're actually addicted to it and you know and then do the same thing delete it for a day a week whatever mm-hmm. and say say i've made made uh, boundaries around it right so right. i say yeah twitter's pretty important for us for getting our podcast episodes out so maybe i post the podcast episode get the hell off twitter and then log out and and delete it for a day a week whatever right until i have to post again perhaps Hmm. (laughs) yeah i'm listening yeah yeah you're you're smiling really big so yeah that's that's what i do what about you i don't have the problem anymore Okay. I got rid of the problem before I ever got on Twitter. In what way? Um, this, this will probably be in the episode we do when we go, how did I get to thriving, right? Sure, sure. But I have been so sucked in to a digital life mm-hmm. that it contributed to ruining my life. Right. You don't want to live in a digital life because you were living too yeah. much of a digital life all the time. I was living in a place that was very bad. Mm-hmm. I, I have seen probably the worst end of this, right? Not the popularity, not the coolness, but the addictiveness. Right. And so I have a focus on my attention because my intention is to live a life in search of truth, mm-hmm. meaning spiritual and physical wellness and that trumps everything the only reason I got a Twitter account was I needed to be able to tell other people how to make Twitter work when I'd set up their website or talk them through it right Right. and there were some people that were only on Twitter that I wanted to interact with Mm -hmm. so I installed Twitter and I interacted with them right I confirmed what I know about Twitter. I confirmed what I learned in classes about Twitter. And at this point, I occasionally make a post to keep things going. I make posts just to help advertise the podcast or the Homestead Journal. Right, sure. I make some just to kind of keep followers stay attached. Mm-hmm. But I don't check it. Hmm. There, there was a recent... Big national news story thing, right? Because news is the same way. Right. I used to be able to watch C-SPAN. Mm-hmm. 
hours and hours and hours of committee stuff. Right? Why? Because I thought it was important. Oh, yeah, okay. Right? But when I broke that, I don't watch any of it anymore. So I don't watch the news a whole lot, right? There's this great big thing going on, and you started to tell me your thoughts on it, and I'm like, you're going to have to stop. You're going to have to tell me about what you're talking about, because I don't know, right? Yeah. What, two weeks ago? Uh Uh-huh. In the car. Yeah. Yeah. And that's because of that, because it is not important. These Mm -hmm. other things are way, way more important to me. Sure, sure. And that's how I know it works. Mm Mm-hmm. So I am using Twitter. But it's not using you. Right. Because it is how we are getting followers. It is how we are getting things. And when I do that, I do feel a little bit guilty because I am using Twitter against people. <laughs> You're using Twitter against its uh, against its. The, the, the whole title of this little... podcast is half attention getter for Twitter. Right. Right? Uh-huh. You are the idol in the, in the temple, temple of, of Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. What is it going to do? It's going to get people to go, no, I'm not. Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah. You have to listen to the podcast because I'm not going to tell you. They're going to listen to the podcast. They're going to get mad. Mm-hmm. I got eyeballs. I got listeners. I got people talking about the podcast. And you got clicks Go. and downloads. Right. I played Twitter's game with Twitter against Twitter's clients. Mm-hmm. And I made... I, see, did I watch an ad? I think I saw one, but I don't even remember what it was for. Right. I am not their customer. Mm-hmm. Their customers are my customers because, for me, this podcast is a way to work out my thoughts. Sure. It's a way to find people that are going to actually get stuff done. Sure. But that only works if I've got a bunch of people on the internet resharing tweets, hating me, retweeting my stuff, or thinking they agree with me, or using me for entertainment. And Twitter uses that. So I am using Twitter more than Twitter is using me. Very good. Okay, good. I also turned off notifications. Yeah. I turned off sending me emails. Mm-hmm. I turned off um, the. I took the, the little icon and it's not on the home screen on my phone. Sure. I do not log into any of these things in my regular browser window. I open a private window, right? Mm-hmm. When you close the private window, you're logged out. Right. Doesn't track me anywhere. Mm. Right? I mm-hmm. have stuff installed to keep that from happening, right? I am not letting them use me. The interesting thing is I got Instagram and Facebook sending messages because I'm off of them, right? Mm-hmm. I learned what I needed to learn. I know what I need to know. I can turn the accounts back on and figure something out new if I need to. But they're off. But they send me emails trying to get me to come back and look at things. Right. But I'm not going to. You don't turn those emails off? I did. Oh, and they still sent them. Yeah, about... Four months after mm-hmm, not logging mm-hmm. on, yeah, they started coming. I'm not logging in to turn them off again. Sure, sure. I sit there and laugh and go, you think I care about Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> it's a reminder that my attention is where it's supposed to be. Right. I yeah. Even, I, mean, I, 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 just, I just open it marked. I just, you know, mark it as read or delete it, right? Depending right. on what email. Yeah, I mean, you know, so it's May. It's light until almost, what, 8? 8.30 now? Till bedtime, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, aside from it being unseasonably hot outside, I'm usually outside working until dark. Mm-hmm. Or standing in the garden or watering the garden or thinking about something. Right. Until dark. Now, there are going to be people that want to use Twitter 
more than I do. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. everybody's got to find their own balance with these things, right? Yeah, for me, it's a time waster, and, and it's but the, But it has a, some other good points. Right. It can expose you to other people's opinions. Mm-hmm. But you have to read those opinions without the attitude of it's my job, my responsibility, or the desire to correct people. Mm. Or argue. Or argue. Yeah. Twitter's kind of good for that for me. I can go on Twitter and I can go, oh, wow, I didn't run into any of these crazy people in the last two or three weeks. They're on Twitter. They're still out there in the world. And that's a good awareness. But at least they're not going anywhere because... I don't know where they are. They've got right? their dopamine head but, off of sitting at home on Twitter. Right, but I am conscious that those ideas sure. are still held out there. Mm-hmm. In a big way. Which is a good point about Twitter. Because right. otherwise, I don't run into those people. Mm-hmm. They are not in my yard. Right. They're, they're not, not in your they're, they're, they're not, they're not in the car on my travels. Yeah, they're not in your they're, circle I probably pa- I probably pass them in the grocery store. Sure. I probably walk, you know, through the mall with them or whatever, right? But I don't know they exist otherwise. Hmm. Okay. So that that would be a good point. You can build your, your social capital there, right? That's what we're doing. Right, right. Mm-hmm. We're hoping to find people like us that are trapped, that want a way out. Mm-hmm. They start applying this. They get a way out. They start holding no expert workshops. Sure. Getting things done for themselves. So you need to surrender your need to be right. You need to surrender your right to justify yourself, to defend yourself, mm-hmm. or to express your opinion. Right. You're there to either use the algorithm to build social capital in a business, or you're there to expose yourself to what's going on in the world, or you're going to limit yourself just to people you know in person, mm-hmm. or really close friends that you know online, and you're going to let everybody else that comes through in comments and tries to tell you you're an idiot. You're either going to block them or you're just going to ignore them. Sure. You're not engaging. You're choosing who you engage with. And that is how you control your, control your attention. And it applies to all social media. Mm-hmm. But what you focus on and what has your attention is what you worship. It becomes your priority. It becomes the top of your value hierarchy. Right. And if your value hierarchy is, like we say, skills over stuff, you can't be on social media all the time it steals practicing your skills right not just in times but your intention and your motivation mm-hmm. if your goal is a local group of people that work outside the system get off the system yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely you're hooked in you're plugged into the matrix right Absolutely, yeah. And if you want to learn how to do this, go find people that are using Twitter more than it's using them and really watch what they do. Engage with them, but do it from that place of not justifying your right, not defending others, not defending them, not expressing your opinion, but engage and watch them. And they will teach you how to do this better than I can. Right. And this is the perfect quote. One of our friends said this the other night, right? So Twitter is saying to you, Perpin, don't you know that you're supposed to be standing in the bread line? Yeah, but I don't eat bread. <laughs> That's the... <laughs> yeah. I don't eat bread. I know. And I ain't standing in a bread line. I just thought that was a great quote. So right. I knew I had to work it in here somehow. 
Oh, that's that's a bright one. Yes. Yeah. I was told that recently. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And you're not going to convince me I should eat bread. If you want to live an intentioned life, then start controlling your tension. Mm -hmm. If you don't, share this link around. Tell everybody to hate us. Go to Apple, the iTunes Apple podcast thingy and rate us five stars so that fools listen to us. Mm-hmm. Share it to your worst enemy to irritate and frustrate them. <laughs> Get them yelling about us on Twitter because I need to find... A couple million people that want to get stuff done. Right. And if I'm getting stuff done, I won't be on Twitter. Right. And I'll be out of your hair. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Yeah, so today um, I had to do some uh, ongoing training presentation for work. So I put in, I put in a slide... With uh, not an expert, but going to get stuff done. Good. Had nothing to really, seriously, to do with work. But I tied it in with the idea that we don't have that much participation in the training. The training's like periodic. It's every week, two weeks, something like that. It's a very low turnout, right? We don't have anybody who really wants to teach the training. It's the same folks, right? It's mm-hmm. the main trainer guy. Um so I shared, we have, me and my friends have a saying, not an expert, but we're going to get stuff done. We were, in, we were in a large community group. We wanted to learn some new skills. Nobody wanted to set up a workshop because they always wanted to wait for an expert. We got to wait till we get this guy to come to our workshop, right? right? So we went over and broke off of that and created our own community group, more local, and then said, hey, I'm not an expert, but we're still going to get stuff done. And then we set up our workshops once a month on a specific day where one of us can volunteer to teach skills to each other. You know, we, and then I used an example. We had the, uh, the apple grafting. We've, um, I didn't say anything about um, processing chickens because, you know, these are city people and, uh, and stuff like that. And then... Could- yeah. cider and and right. uh, vinegar and creating those things and stuff like that that was uh that was very interesting to them that perked them up and then i had a picture of freddie the rooster there so then basically i i teased it yesterday by saying and also come and see what freddie the rooster has to do with project management right and what what do i mean by not an expert but going to get stuff done so I tied this together so that it would make sense to these people and get me kudos from the from the training manager by saying, so each one of you have a different experience. Each one of you have different uh, tips and tricks that you've learned from the different apps, whatever else, but you haven't really participated because, hey, I'm not a trainer. I'm not an expert. John's the trainer. John's the expert. And then, or I don't have enough to fill up a whole hour, right? Right. So bring what you know because you have a unique view of the world and a unique experience you're the only one that does your job your way right and maybe you have some tips and tricks and maybe they won't fill a whole hour maybe we'll have two or three people in that hour right we've done that at workshops too right we did two or three projects so don't be limited by it then uh then not an expert but we're still going to get stuff done and that really resonated with them you know what i like best about this yeah you applied several of your skills and practiced them 
and got paid to do it. Yeah. This is beautiful. Yeah, and I marketed the heck out of it by putting Freddy the Rooster in there. Right. In the email. You played Twitter game. Mm-hmm. You played the social media game. Right. On work time, with getting paid for, on the work email. I love it. It's beautiful. And then you went and said, you all are saying you're not an expert, so you can't do anything. But you are a person. You have value. Right. Show us the value so that we can connect, so that we can have human relationships, sure. so that we can have a better society, so that we can form a better work community, so that we... Mm-hmm. You did every single thing that we've been working on doing everywhere else. The mindset is sinking in. I can't wait for six months to see what you do with this podcast marketing-wise. Once you've done that marketing thing in other places right? so many times that you now see it coming before they run the commercials, before the politician makes his right lines, and you start getting that understanding of it. So they're going to be really dangerous. So we did that, and then they said, "So, so what does Freddie the Rooster have to do with project management?" I said, "Well, so, and this ties into what we talked about last week, right? So, the local stores don't have any chicks. Usually, we buy. Okay, I know what you're going to say, but." Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, usually we buy about five chicks every year to replenish the ones that we have. So we only have, we have 16 hens. We don't have any roosters, right? Right. Um, we went to TSC. We went to these big stores, whatever. They don't have any chicks. So um, we determined as a group that we were going to, that we have enough roosters. So I traded for a rooster. And now Freddie Roosters living over at my place. Mm-hmm. He's the same breed as the rest of my chickens, which makes my wife happy. And then uh, he can fertilize some eggs. I, we, a couple of us, bought incubators. We're going to um, incubate eggs, and then we can share the chickens around. So you know, I mean, we want to make sure that the that the chickens don't interbreed, right? So Freddie the Rooster a year from now doesn't go and get inadvertently get his children chickens pregnant or some or you know pregnant <laughs> laying eggs right so the, the problem is is that a genetic line yeah, yeah. of inbreeding continually becomes a problem sure sure so we if can have we, if i have a rooster from my flock's new hatched eggs mm-hmm. and i give it to our friend and that friend gives you one of the roosters from their hatched eggs and you give them one from yours we keep a mix of genetic pool shifting through and we don't have the inbred problem as soon and then if each of us forms one of those circles with other people we get a land race chicken Mm -hmm. but we also get the genetics circulating and keep the one farm one breed one genetic line problem under control. Right. Plus, we've also figured out how to be abundant in supposed scarcity. Right. Right. And because about half the chickens that hatch are roosters, Mm -hmm. we all have something for the freezer. Yeah, that's true. So, um, I mean, or we have roosters to sell, right? We have meat birds to sell. We can raise mm -hmm. them up to where they're ready to go out on the land, and we can sell those to somebody who wants to do a meat bird. Sure. A backyard homesteader, because it's not going to be a commercial meat bird, right? Mm-hmm. But Or we could sell the chicks, or we can, we can trade chick. them for one of the eight forms of capital. Right. Right, so... Or, or we got we got the stock in the freezer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We got stuff to feed the dog, the cat. So all of that, yeah. inadvertently, is project management. 
Now, you of course told me that don't project manage us that hard, but <laughs> no, I just think that occasionally you need a break from the, the, yeah, the project yeah, management. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. So, uh, so just, I told them like that you need story. A break from Twitter. Yeah, I told them that story to tie in Freddy the Rooster, and uh, and it was thumbs up a bull all the way around. So that was good. They were like right doing the clapping on but, Zoom. But you have marketing material going into the future. That's right. So interesting factoid. Mm-hmm. So when a rooster mates with a chicken, yep, it takes seven to ten days for the rooster sperm to get up there to the oviduct. Okay. To fertilize some eggs. Okay. So a good portion of the eggs that I have in my incubator might not be fertilized yet. Mm. That's so, a difficulty. Yeah, I've got I a different problem. I candled some of them. And they look like they are empty. So I'm going to wait another day or two and then see. I think I ended up with one out of the 28 that looks like it may not be fertile. Really? But I've been, but I've not been collecting enough eggs. Uh. My numbers have been off. Okay. And I was getting worried that I had like a health problem. Right. And Snake? Two, two nights ago, I went out and I had to disturb my brooding goose a little more than usual. Right. She had four goose eggs, um, hmm. but when she stood up, she has about half a dozen to a dozen chicken eggs. She's been stealing <laughs> chicken eggs that the chickens are laying. Wow. Or in her area or wherever, and she is sitting on chicken eggs as well. So really? I may have an explosion of chicks here. In so what will happen? Will she? Uh, will she hatch the? The chicks and what will happen with them? Well, chicks hatch in 21 days and yeah, duck yeah. eggs in 28. So sure. she's been stealing them long enough. Some of them will hatch around the same time as the goose eggs. And then yeah, they don't. if she continues to sit on them, I'll let her. If she doesn't, then I can always pull them, put them in, candle them. And if they're looking good, put them in the incubator till they hatch. True. Yeah. But she won't like attack them when they're born or whatever. She'll still stay broody. I don't know. She's yeah. gotten along with the chickens until she kind of started building a nest, mm-hmm. and then they had some fights, and sure, um, the male goose started plucking some of the hens. But um, <laughs> never seen that before. That was interesting. That's interesting. Just kind of sat on them and started pulling feathers out of their back. So that's where we're at with our chicken experiment. And once again, we found abundance where there was perceived scarcity we just shifted the mindset correct reality is what you perceive it to be that's correct take care everybody thank you for listening to the thriving the future podcast check us out on the web on thrivingthefuture.com also come and join our conversation on twitter at thriving the Fute. and on our telegram group there's a link on the website This podcast was produced by Scott the Freedom Farmer at freedomfarmer.net. Copyright 2022, thriveinthefuture.com. Join us at the Homestead Journal in living out the classic homesteading ethos on the path towards a simple life that speaks to the heart of humanity. We're an online community embodying and helping our members develop an indestructible homesteading mindset. Become someone who adds walk to the talk and applies proven old world protocols in a modern context. Find us at thehomesteadjournal.net and follow us at thj.net on Twitter. Check out freedomfarmer.net where I focus on skills over stuff 
and designing an intentional life. That's freedomfarmer.net. If you are interested in starting a podcast and you would like some consultation, how to find your niche, how to grow your audience, how to develop that consistency, contact me at thriveinthefuture at gmail.com.